listening to the Women's Online Wellness Podcast, a podcast all about your health and wellness issues that affect you every day. We want to educate, entertain, and maybe make you giggle a little along the way. No annoying statistics or jargon here, just information you can use every day to be healthier, happier, and less boring. All right, here's your host, OBGYN Dr. Ron Eaker. So welcome to this special edition of Facebook Thursday. I really wanted to address the topic of stress and anxiety because I've probably gotten more questions, more comments, more uh, inquiries about stress during this time frame than almost any other question. Just how do I deal with this? What do I do on top of the already stressful life that I have? Stress is so pervasive. It's a part of who we are. It's always been a part of who we are. Up to 70% of primary care doctor visits can be secondary to stress. So it's not something that is unheard of or unusual. You all know that. Everybody out here right now is stressful. Now we've taken our basic stress of living and piled on top of that the stress of this pandemic. And gosh only knows it's incredibly stressful from a number of different reasons. So what I want to do tonight is I want to start with kind of a 10,000-foot view. I want to talk about stress and ways of dealing with stress generally, and then we're going to talk about some very specific things that you can do from a stress standpoint as it relates to this particular coronavirus epidemic we're dealing with now. So we're going to go from the, from the generalized to the very specific. When we think about stress, and I think that's important, first of all, for you to understand what I'm talking about, because that's one of those words kind of like Kleenex. It's become very generic. You know, there's a bunch of different kinds of Kleenex, and stress has just kind of become this term that encompasses any kind of anxious feeling, whether it's psychological or physiological. So I want to just define that for you so we're all on the same page. When I'm talking about stress, I'm talking about an emotional or a physiological reaction to either a perceived or a real threat. Now, let's unpack that for just a second because I think an important part of that is understanding, first and foremost, it's a belief, it's a thought. They're not little stresses running around getting ready to jump on you and attack you. You know, we can look at the coronavirus under the microscope and see the physical entity. We can understand it. We can look at its DNA or its RNA and we can dissect it and really understand because it's a physical entity. Well, stress is not. Anxiety is not. It, it's, it's, it's more much more ethereal. It's, it's a perception. It's a thought. And we get nervous when we can't hold something in our hand oftentimes when it's more a, uh, a, a, a kind of a, a, a thought process. But that's the good news about that is that gives us some control over it. Now, Don't misperceive this. Don't misunderstand that when I talk about stress, I'm not talking about the physical anxiety disorder that's a result of brain chemistry. It's interesting when you look at something like generalized anxiety disorder, which is actually a medical problem, it begins with a physiological change, a chemical change in the brain that manifests in a lot of the symptoms that we normally associate with stress. What I'm talking about is the stress of of daily living, the environmental stress that as its source begins external, but you've got to understand that regardless of that external situation, 
The stress actually begins with a perception. It's what you believe about that event or, or that uh, uh, thing that's going on externally. So it, it's an important concept. It's subtle, but it's an important concept to understand because that allows you to then begin to look at techniques for taking control of that. One of the biggest problems in dealing with stress is feeling out of control, feeling that there's nothing you can do to counter that threat, whether it's perceived or real. Well, we're going to talk about some specific techniques and some specific things that you can do that will help you take back that control. Once you have that control, once you feel like that you're not just a pawn, that things are not just happening to you, then that can actually relieve a lot of these stress and anxiety feelings. Now, I mentioned it's just a thought. It's a perception. But those thoughts are manifested in physical symptoms. And we all know what those are. We've all experienced those. Sometimes they're surprising. Some people don't really get the fact that, for example, lack of sex desire is, is, can be a result of stress. In fact, when you talk about low libido, lack of sexual desire, the number one cause is stress, is anxiety. So uh, th the thought processes can be translated into physiological changes that result in a number of things. We have all experienced the beating heart, the rapid heartbeat, the tingling that results from this surge of epinephrine. But how many did you know, how many did you know let me try that again. How many of you did you, maybe, I, I, maybe I'm so stressed about getting this point across that I can't speak. How many of you realize that one of the common manifestations of chronic stress in particular is low energy? How many times do I see folks in the office that are complaining of fatigue? And chronic stress can manifest as chronic fatigue. In fact, it's one of the most common presenting complaints for many people. Now, there's a lot of stuff that can cause fatigue. Don't make the mistake that just because you're tired means you're anxious. Or on my, my side of the, the, the uh, examining table, we've got to be careful as physicians not to make the assumption that just because you're tired that it's just assume it's just stress because there's multitudes of other things that can create that. But just know that that's a problem associated with headaches, uh, stomach, GI complaints are classic results of stress. People talk about uh, the uh, abdominal pain, diarrhea, constipation is not as common, but it can be manifested as a stress. Chest pain, rapid heartbeat. How many times have people gone to the emergency room having a panic attack thinking they were having a heart attack because the physiological symptoms are very similar. They mimic those things. And here's something that's incredibly important during this time of year. And I'm not saying this to stress you out. I'm just saying this so you'll understand that we actually can beat down our immune system when we are chronically stressed. And I'm not talking about an acute stress, like you, you walk outside and, and you know, a, a, a dog chases you or something that's just an acute situation. That's not something that's causing any long-term problem. I'm talking about day in and day out stress, like wondering when this crazy coronavirus stuff is going to going to subside? When am I going to get my paycheck? When am I gonna, is my small business going to crash? That's chronic day in and day out stress. You go back to caregivers, people who are constantly taking care of kids or older parents, or especially now I'm hearing parents talk about being stressed because the kids are home and they're not made to be homeschooled, but they're having to do that because of the situation. That creates a lot of stress. But my point is, it's the chronic stress that leads to a lot of these physiological changes. In fact, the most 
dangerous types of changes, especially as it relates to things like immune. I mean, you get in a, a fight. If that can actually happen acutely. You get in a fight with your spouse, you're more likely to get a cold in the next 24 to 48 hours because of the changes physically in your body as a result of the mental process. So all that being said, just to illustrate that anything and everything we can do to reduce our stress level, reduce this perception of uh, of danger, whether it's psychological or physiological, anything we can do is protective. It's helpful. It's it's kind of our intrinsic vaccine against these problems. So what we what we need to do is not only work on that now when we're in the midst of this thing, but to really persist in that. So later on, when the next one comes, whenever that's going to be, or even if this becomes seasonal. You've worked on that stress, and that's at a lower level, so you're actually working to protect yourself. You're working to enhance your physiology, your immune system. So that's why this stuff is important right now, not just the acute, you know, I feel feel really anxious and I want to feel better, but really it goes much deeper than that. And I want you to, to really understand and appreciate that the changes you make now can markedly impact things down the road. So this is not just wearing blinders in this acute situation. This is the beginning of something you can start now to enhance your health, to prophylax you against these events down the road. Now, there's there's really some, some very high-level things I want to talk about as it relates to stress in general. And then I'm going to get much more specific about ways to reduce your stress right now, given this particular scenario. But I think it's important to hit on a few things that I think will be very useful. And if you'll just incorporate one thing, if you'll just do one thing that I talk about, I think it will go a long way towards maybe reducing some of the anxiety you're feeling. And believe me, you're, you're, you're in, a, in a good group because we're all feeling that now. We all are dealing with a variety of situations. So you're not alone. That's one of the important things to understand is you are not alone. All right, let's start. A lot of this I got from uh, a fellow named John Gordon, and many of you have maybe read some of his books. He's written a lot of good books on stress management and anxiety, so I've, I've pinched some of the information from him. I wish I could claim it for my own, but I want to, because it's so practical, I want to share that with you. It's what he called his, his five Ds, and that's how stress takes control of what's going on, but more importantly, how you can take each one of those then and turn it around so that you become less stressed. And that's the goal is to reduce the anxiety and reduce the stress. The first thing that begins this, it's almost, think of it as a domino effect. It starts with this first D called doubt. You begin to have doubt about things that you've known to be true in the past. You begin to have doubt about your ability to overcome, and especially when we're dealing with things like this pandemic. Yes, we have never hit anything quite exactly like this. It is new in many ways, but it's also very similar in many ways. There's a lot of historical evidence that there will be a tomorrow. But the minute we begin doubting that, the minute we begin doubting ourselves, doubting our ability to rise to a different level, our ability to put one step in front of the other, that doubt seeps in and it starts creating a, a situation that can interfere with relationships. 
It can interfere with our financial decisions. One of the biggest problems that happens during a situation like this financially is people sell into a panic. They have stock investments and they panic because they doubt that things are going to turn around. I talked to several financial experts and they don't discount the impact of this major fluctuation and how scary that is for most of us who are especially those of us who are approaching retirement in retirement or on fixed income or even folks who are or hourly workers who are really concerned about their day-to-day well that doubt creeps in that we are not going to have the capabilities to overcome that how do you get past that doubt well you just trust you look at history you look at your own personal ability to survive adversity. You know, adversity doesn't create character, it reveals character. And you have to trust in yourself, trust in those that are close to you, trust in those that have earned that trust. When it comes to information about this craziness going on, trust in the experts, the physicians. Unfortunately, some of our trust in our politicians has swayed, but quite honestly, when you look at the surveys, there never has been that much trust in most of the politicians. So you've got to balance that doubt with trust in what you know to be true, what you know who you are. Don't doubt in your own identity. Don't doubt your ability to take this as we talked about in the viral spiral, and not spiral downward, but spiral upward. Trust in what you know is a plan for your life, whatever form that may be. That may be in your belief system. It may be the plan that God has for your life. Uh, If that's not your belief system, you most likely have some sense of purpose beyond this next week or the week after that. Trust in that. Know that that's the way to overcome the doubt. When you start getting the doubt, the next thing that happens is you begin to distort things. You begin to tell yourself lies. You begin to listen to the lies. You begin to listen to people telling you that times are the worst they've ever been and we don't have the mechanisms to pull out of an an issue like this or or the lie that you're not capable of making good decisions, or uh, it really, in many ways, those lies attack us at our very core, at our very identity, that you're not good enough, that uh, that you're not going to be able to survive. And it's those that distortion that really attacks us at our very core because we start to then believe those lies and that plays on that doubt so you see how the dominoes start to fall first you doubt then you begin to distort well how do you counteract that distortion well you speak the truth to the lies you know their lies but you've got to have the courage and the ability to to speak truth to that for example if you are uh, uh, wondering about who to trust uh, you're wondering about who's distorting the truth well you you make sure that you're getting the truth from reliable sources. You make sure that you don't let the lies, don't let the misinformation interfere with your ability to recognize the truth. And gosh only knows, this is the most difficult time 
of all because many of our traditional resources, many of our sources of information have been completely thrown to doubt, completely become untrustworthy in many ways. And I'm going to talk about in just a moment how to overcome that. So I get the fact that that it's easy to say, uh, speak truth to the lies, because you first have to know the truth. And that takes some introspection. That that oftentimes goes back to a belief and a faith that goes beyond the, the physical, this understanding that there is this there's this uh, cause and purpose that goes beyond who we are. So you doubt, you start believing the lies, and then you get discouraged. That's a natural thing that happens. You, the next D is, is almost a, not a really a depression, but you start to give up. You, you feel hopeless, and that sense of hopelessness is one of the most dangerous emotions that we humans can experience virtually every person you talk to who at one point or another had tried to commit suicide but was unsuccessful, they'll tell you they had reached a point of hopelessness. They had reached a place where they didn't see the possibility of tomorrow or the possibility of tomorrow was so intimidating and so awful and so full of those mistruths and lies that they couldn't see out of that. You see our elderly population now, one of the most predictable characteristics of individuals over the age of 80 for, for when they may not survive is their degree of hopelessness, their degree of isolation. And we'll talk about isolation because that's very apropos to where we are now. But this idea of hopelessness stems from this original doubt that we're not good enough. Then it goes into this distortion of of these lies that you tell yourself versus the lies uh, speaking into the truth. And you begin to believe that and you, that this emotion of depression begins to pull you further down. And that's what that spiral becomes where you, you begin to, to not sense that there's a way out. And that can be countered simply by encouragement. That can be countered by encouraging ourselves and our, our, our others. And that's in this day and time, that's probably the most important thing, is that encouragement for others. Uh, there was a fellow that I met a, a while back. He was a pretty amazing guy. He was one of these people that was doing these amazing physiological effects, like running 50 marathons in 50 days. So you can only imagine that his mental capacity was pretty good. And I asked him, how are you able to put yourself in those kind of situations and survive? He says, well, I've learned to to talk to myself instead of listening to myself. Now, kind of what that means is that he wasn't listening to all the negative self-talk. He wasn't responding to the doubt or responding to the lies he was speaking the truth in that he was talking to himself, telling himself that he had a purpose, that he was good enough, that he didn't have to believe what was not true. And that was what allowed him the mental energy and the mental stability to really go forth and do these incredible things. And we can do that in a state of anxiety. We can begin to, to really be encouraging to ourselves. But more importantly, you may be the only light that somebody else out there sees. You may be the encouragement for that family member or for that 
uh, grandparent or for that child. I mean, let's not forget, there's a lot of kids right now that are really frightened. They're really anxious. Some of them don't really understand what's going on, but you'd be amazed at the perception of small children. They pick up on your anxiety. So it's important to speak truth into that and to let them know the facts and what's real. The fact that 85% of people who get this virus survive and do fine. The fact that if I don't have any of these high-risk factors, my likelihood of having major complications are less. The fact that this separation that we're doing in this country right now is actually going to help slow the progression. That's not burying your head in the sand, and I'm not talking about Pollyanna by in the sky. I'm talking about looking at the facts, realizing that, yes, for example, things are going to get worse. We're going to see the numbers go up. We're going to see the deaths go up. We've already seen that in Georgia. As the testing increases, the number will increase. But you have to contextualize that. You have to take what some in the media, unfortunately, have spun as lies because of the agenda that they have and understand the truth, go to the sources you believe in, use that truth to get rid of that doubt, to get rid of that distortion, to get rid of that discouragement and become the encourager, become the person who is able to serve others. One of the quickest ways of getting out of an anxious state is to do something for someone else, uh, to try to help them uh, overcome their own doubt and discouragement. And the next thing is distraction, because when we get discouraged, one of the first things we fall into is this concept of distraction. We start looking everywhere else for answers. We start trying anything and everything. And we're seeing that a lot when we talk about the medications now for this particular problem. People are, are latching on to uh, different approaches, whether they're traditional or non-traditional. And I'm all for that. And I'm all for developing the science and looking at things like hydrochloroquine and zithromycin and all the antivirals. I think there's tremendous potential there. But we've got to focus on staying clear to the science and not do more harm than good. Don't be distracted by the potential of a small number of people that may have showed some benefit. Build on that until we actually have a scenario where we can utilize it in a safe fashion. So don't be distracted. Remember, a lot of you uh, are familiar with the turtles. The, I forget the particular name of the turtle that, that comes out and lays its eggs on the South Carolina coast and every year at a certain time of the year, they hatch and they go back out into the ocean. And it's instinctual because many people think it's the, the full moon and when the, it's all timed into where there's the moon out there and the light is what pushes these turtles back to where they need to be to survive. Well, what they've discovered is in some of these areas that have been built up on the beach side and there's uh, these condos and stores and all this light, what they found is that these little turtles are bored and they, they get confused because they're, they're seeing all this light on this side and they're seeing this light on... And they said half of them start wandering up off the beach away from safety. In fact, they, they don't survive when they get up there because they're distracted. They're distracted by the shiny object. And how many times when we find ourselves stressed do we get distracted? The three big distractions of stress are drinking, drugs, and donuts. 
Those are what distract us more than anything else. And we can find ourselves falling into that distraction and that creates a path that is away from healing. So we've got to be careful not to be distracted into doing something that may provide a temporary relief psychologically, even physically with the donuts, but it's not going to provide what you need long term. So you've got to be careful to focus on what matters most. Don't major in the minor things, especially during a crisis, especially during a time of stress or anxiety. You want to be very clear in your mind what matters most. Of course, as we talked about our viral spiral, uh, what matters most right now is yourself and your family. And doing what's right for yourself and your family is absolutely paramount. Everything else should be peripheral. That doesn't mean ignore other people. Of course not. The second thing in our viral spiral is doing something kind for someone. And that includes staying away from the crowd so that you're not potentially infecting other people. So that's how you can show that kindness. But that's part of this idea of focusing on what matters most. Don't be distracted. Don't be thrown off by the shiny object. Uh, don't be like the dog running on the street and, you know, on the walk and squirrel and jumps off and he's going down, squirrel. And he's, he's, he's always distracted. Never catches a squirrel, by the way. That's one of the problems. So you've got to focus on what matters most. Love yourself, love others, and do things to manifest that. And it's amazing the difference that that will take, well, that, that, that load that will take off your, your mind because you're not focusing on the wrong things. When you're making decisions at this stage, make decisions about what's in the safety and the health of myself and my family, and then broaden that out to community. And we'll talk about that. Because the final D that happens when people are stressed out is division. Oh my gosh. Uh, are we are we in the midst of that? We were we were there before this coronavirus even appeared. Division is one of the whether it's political division, whether it's philosophical division, religious division, division in the family. That's where we run into problems more than anything else. You think about think about the, on the political standpoint. You know when when Russia was doing all its stuff with the election. It wasn't trying to convince us that the Russian government was the best approach philosophically to government. It wasn't trying to win Putin a Nobel Prize. It wasn't to get us to all eat borscht and drink vodka. It was to do one thing. It was to create chaos. It was to divide. It was to create an environment where we couldn't get together, we couldn't unify. That's how they can be successful. They understand that division completely eliminates our ability to accomplish the things we want to accomplish. And we see that so much when it comes to stress and anxiety. When you go through these Ds and you finally get to the, to the end point, it results in division. And whether that's division between a husband and a wife, because the, the doubt creeps in, the, the distortions, you get discouraged, you go distraction, you know, you start looking, looking at that neighbor who was looking pretty good. Uh, that creates division physically, emotionally, and then you just magnify that when you come and talk about community. You talk about 
politics. You talk about religion. And of course, the solution to that is just unite, just be in community. You know, one of the best tools for crisis management is three C's, community. I love, I think that's why I love this wow group of folks uh, so much is it really is developing into a community that cares for each other, that supports each other, that has shared experiences, and that's willing to stand in the midst of this crisis and hold hands virtually, obviously virtually, but provide a network of support, a sense of belonging. It's that social isolation that creates part of that division. So stay in community, whatever that means, whether that's a virtual community like you're participating in now, or whether that's a, a, a community that is just your family. Uh, obviously, once this is passed, we can talk again about community like gathering in groups. Whatever, however you define community, having that connection, having that tie is what provides comfort. So in a, in a crisis, you want community. You want communication. You've got to talk. I mean, gosh, only knows how important that is in a relationship. We know it's critically important in a faith-based relationship. You want to be able to uh, communicate with yourselves, with God, with whoever you are involved with in your particular faith setting. Without that communication, um, there's no relationship. And then finally, commit. You want to commit to caring. It's, it's that simple. Uh, if you truly have a, an attitude of gratitude and a sense of caring, you're going to make good decisions. It's going to pull you out of some of that stress and anxiety. You're not going to be so focused on those particular things. All right. Whew, boy, I, I, I just, there's a lot there, and, and I, hope I, I hope I made some sense. Give me a thumbs up if... Uh, or a smile, or a heart, or something, if that makes sense to you. Hopefully, that's going to be something that'll be practical, something that you could apply. But now, importantly, I want to give you some very specific steps to help relieve some of the stress and the anxiety of this particular uh, pandemic that we're dealing with, because it is unique in some ways. So I want to give you some very practical tips. And a lot of, some of these are from the University of California, San Francisco, an article I read that I thought was so great. I wanted to pass along some of these concepts. Number one, you've got to stay physically safe. It goes back to our viral spiral. You've got to take care of yourself and your family. And of course, that means physically distancing. And now I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you right here to stop using the term social distancing. A better term is physical distancing. We're wanting to physically be away from each other. We're not going to want to separate socially. We want to do what we can to be socially connected. We want to be socially supportive. We want to be a community. We don't want to be socially distanced. I know it's a subtle difference. I know it's semantics, but I think it has meaning. So from now on, I want to talk about physical distancing. It's very important, and I want you to continue doing it, but don't get it in your head that you need to be socially distant. That's exactly the opposite of what we need. And thank goodness we live in a time where we've got Facebook Live, where we've got Zoom, where we've got uh, all these amazing mechanisms to FaceTime the grandparents, if they can figure it out, to, to be able to connect. Uh, absolutely no social distancing, plenty of physical distancing. Stay at home when you can. 
And I, again, love the analogy of, and if those of you who wear contacts understand this, wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. Yeah, you can hum your favorite song, you can say a prayer, you can do whatever you do, but wash your hands like you just cut up a jalapeno pepper and you're getting ready to change your contacts. Keep that in mind, and it'll make you go a little bit longer than you normally would. And I mentioned this at the outset, but here's another way that you can help reduce anxiety in this time. Limit your media. Now, I'm not talking about burying your head in the sand, becoming a uh, refuse to get on social media or refuse to watch television or wherever you get your information, but limit it. Check it maybe twice a day to get updates or get information. Find trusted sources and just go there and just let the rest of the garbage go by. It's not going to serve any purpose. I mean, the, the forwarding the stuff on, on that we see, the, some of the garbage I've seen on Facebook and on Twitter, it's just not worth it. Just limit that media. Watching it is only going to create anxiety. Study after study has been shown that if you are viewing visual images of a traumatic event, you can actually create symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder just from looking at it. So limit that media just twice a day. Don't even read about anything within a couple hours of bedtime. For goodness sake, don't watch television unless it's something that's relaxing before bed. The last thing you need right now is to put this subconsciously in your mind and let that play out in your dream state. That's not good for sleep, and sleep is so critically important. So turn off the screens. Throw away the news before bedtime. It's just not worth it. Take time to share your feelings and talk about positive things. That's why on this site, I want people to be listing the stuff that they're doing that's positive, things that have a good impact. I want this to be a positive site. Again, we're not being Pollyannish. We're being realistic. We're not being stupid. We're being smart. We're not telling people to hide from the news. We're telling people to be restrictive in what they bring in. You know, it's just like with you eating. If you're sitting there eating Twinkies all day long, if you're eating garbage, you're going to blow up like a, a blowfish. Well, the same thing if you're taking garbage in mentally, which a lot of this stuff is, it's going to create a massive anxiety. And you just don't, that's self-created. You don't need that. I'm going to include up here, um, as we finish this, I'm going to include up here a bunch of links that are going to be tools to kind of help you do and follow through with some of these things we're talking about tonight. So just look for that. These are going to be links that will help you to put into practice some of these things. couple other things you can do, uh, talking about taking care of yourself physically, create new routines and keep practicing health behaviors. This is a time to double down on the things that you know are good for you physically because that creates a benefit emotionally. We know one of the best tools for dealing with stress and anxiety is to be physically active. And thank goodness we're still in a setting where we can get outside Again, with your physical distancing, but you can be outside. You can be walking. I've seen so many families out walking the dogs. I've seen people uh, outside more now than I have many times before, which is a great thing. So you want to double down on the things you're doing physically to improve your health because it naturally translates 
into your mental well-being in reducing uh, those stresses. There's no question that good nutrition helps your mood. You know, stress is one of the most common causes of uh, eating junk food because junk food is highly concentrated calories, in particular carbohydrate calories, which actually increases things called dopamine and norepinephrine in your brain, which makes you feel better. So this idea of comfort food is real, but you've got to fight that urge. You've got to put that stuff away because it's temporary. It's like a, just a, a quick hit. Uh, it's a rush, but it's not long-lasting, and the detrimental effects are much greater down the road. So this is a perfect time to institute good, healthy, nutritional uh, practices, not because of any other reason that it's going to help with your anxiety. I know people don't usually make that association, but increasing your fruits and vegetables actually have a beneficial effect on your mental status. Now, I know a lot of you guys are working at home now. I'm doing a lot of my stuff at home. And this is a, a plug for telemedicine. If you're a patient of mine and you need something, you need to be seen, uh, I put a link up there again for our telemedicine portal. I can see you. I've got virtual office hours all day long, Monday through Friday, and I'm happy to see. Unfortunately, we can only do that for people who are actually already in our practice just because of volume. We had to limit to that. But if you're in our practice, um, this is a, a great time if you need something we got your back. We're there. We just are going to do it a little bit differently. So here's some tips for those of you who are working at home like me. Confine your workspace to a very specific area. That helps you to be more focused. It helps you to be less distracted. You're able to get things more accomplished more effectively and more efficiently. Uh, and it, it, uh, it, it just focuses your mind if you're in a specific area, a place in your house, a desk, a room, where that's where you conduct your work. It helps your productivity. Be careful about sound. Everybody's different about that. Some people, they're not used to being home, and uh, one person may be and one may not be used to being there, and they may have the radio on or the television or Internet. Be, be uh, uh, careful of the needs of each individual, but try to use sound-dampening earphones or whatever you need to, to increase your productivity. And this is very important. Be sure you keep boundaries. Be sure your work day has very clear boundaries. When you're in a home setting, sometimes it's very difficult to separate out what I'm doing in my home setting and what I'm doing in my work setting, but you've got to set those boundaries or it's set up for conflict, for lack of productivity, especially if you have a tendency towards a little ADD or ADHD, you've got to be able to focus. So set those boundaries. Try to keep to a schedule like you would at work normally when you break for lunch, when you normally go out and uh, take a walk or whatever you would normally do. Try to maintain that schedule as much as possible. The more habit you have, the more pattern you have, the less challenged your mind is, the less anxious and stressed most people are. We like patterns. We like things the way they, they are. Certainly it goes without saying that you've got to maintain good sleep hygiene. I think that is absolutely critical. I can't tell you how much and how important adequate rest is, and especially when you're anxious. That's even more important, and it's kind of a catch-22 because you're anxious, and that interferes with your sleep, and then your sleep makes you not lack of sleep, makes you more anxious. So you've got to break that chain at some point, 
And there's a number of ways, and I've done a number of videos. I don't have the time here to go into the sleep, but if sleep is an issue for you, go back and look at some of those videos. Uh, go back and look at some of the PDF files that we have. Uh, utilize some of the natural over-the-counter things like the melatonin or the Tylenol PM. Do the sleep hygiene. That's absolutely critical. Uh, and again, we'll probably, because that's so important, we'll probably do a separate Facebook Live on that again coming up. I already talked about physical activity and how critical that is, how important that is. Uh, that is a true, true treatment, legitimate treatment for stress and anxiety. Research shows that fresh air, uh, seeing greenery, just being outside reduces the physiological response to stress and it, it clears our mind. Uh, there are many online resources that are available now, and I'll put several in the notes here to help you to learn uh, stress relaxation techniques, whether it's meditation, whether it's mindful prayer, uh, whether it's practices like yoga or Tai Chi, where you can calm your mind, you can actually go through breathing exercises to learn how to counteract some of the physiological responses for stress. There's a lot of these online, and I'll also put some links there that are now offering free month, two-month uh, um, access to their sites so that you can learn to do this and do it effectively, very simply. Uh, and believe me, it does make a difference. Even five or ten minutes a day of, of mindful meditation can actually create a, a very, very, very peaceful state. Well, I, I've been promised I wasn't going to go more than 45 minutes because I know uh, it's tough to stick here when there's so much else. And I've I got to tell you, I do so much appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this. I know you've got a million other things you could be doing. There's a not, lot of other things on your plate right now. And that may be what's stressing you out. And hopefully I hadn't added to that stress by keeping you away from those things. But I promise you, if you'll just do one of these things, if you'll just practice one of these things, I think it will go a long way towards reducing your stress. And, and let me leave you with this. Let me leave you with this. And I, I'm trying to see if I can see. I don't know if I can scroll. It's not. Oh, yeah, there we are. Hey, uh, Tracy and Trina and Margaret and Ginger and Lisa and Joanne and Bonnie and Lisa and Gail and Barbara, uh, Tanya, Nancy, Ginger, Alice, Becky, Connie, Betty. And let me thank you. I, 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 this means so much to me. Thank you so much for taking your time to listen to me rant and rave up here. My prayer is that it's provided some insight, some comfort, some education, some tools for beginning to to deal with some of the stress and anxiety associated with this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to put this on YouTube. So if you've got family and friends and you want to share that with them, you think it would be a benefit, first and foremost, bring them into the community. Ask them to join. Have them be a part of this so that we can further expand this community and, and provide that the resources that I think can really catapult this into something that people can really get a lot of value from. Along those lines, one of the benefits of having this extra time uh, in these last couple of weeks and maybe the next couple of weeks, who knows, is I have listened to you. I've developed some uh, tools and techniques for being able to bring on some experts 
in areas that I think might be interested. In fact, I made a post today, I believe, that I'm interested in what you're interested in, what can bring value to you. So starting next Thursday, actually, and I won't, I won't tell you right now, but starting next Thursday, we're going to have a expert who's going to be able to come on here with me to provide, so you don't have to sit here and listen to my ugly mug for a whole 45 minutes. They're going to be able to provide some additional expertise. So I'll be telling you more about that over the next few days as, as we finalize all that. But I, I know it's going to be an exciting thing for you that's going to provide some excellent value uh, during what can be very stressful times. So let me close with this. Let me tell you, I'll never forget, uh, I was talking with uh, a person a few years ago and uh, we got to talking about sense of value and a sense of feeling important or feeling, and by important I mean important to yourself, that sense of self-worth. And she told me an analogy which really stuck with me and it really made sense. I mean, how many of you have have seen a, a painting or maybe you're a painter yourself and you look down and you you look at that painting and everything everybody who does that painting puts his signature because they want people to know who did that painting every one of you I want you right now to take out your finger take out your finger and look at the fingerprint look at the whirls look at the twists and turns and just realize that you are the only person in the universe that's ever lived or ever will live that has that exact same fingerprint. That's God's signature on his masterpiece. Just like that artist signed their masterpiece so the, the world would know they were special. It was special. That's God's signature to let you know that you're unique, that you're special, that you're his masterpiece. And if that's not in your belief system, I think you're, you, you understand that there's something greater. It may not believe that you may not believe that it's God, but there's something out there that is verified that you are worth it. You are worthy. You are valuable. You see, God has put a seed in every one of your hearts. And if you'll water it with faith and community, it'll grow into the most beautiful you that was intended to be. So my hope with this time is that we will refocus, we'll rethink who we are, what we are, what matters, where we're going, why we're here, kind of look at some of those deep questions that we don't think about when we're so caught up in the busyness of life. So one advantage of having maybe a little more time, being out of our routine, is that we can sit and think about those questions. But more importantly, we can think about those answers as they apply to you as an individual. So my hope is that this community will continue to provide support that will help overcome some of the doubt, some of the division, 
some of the distortion, some of the distraction, that we can at least provide some little tool to help you grow out of this stress, out of this difficult time. So when it does turn around, and it will, so when it does turn around, that you're going to be all the better for it. That's my prayer. And I have a feeling that's probably yours too. Until next time, make healthy choices. Thank you for listening to the Women's Online Wellness Podcast. To join the conversation, access show notes, and discover bonus content, join our private Facebook community by sending a request to Women's Online Wellness. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, just head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. For questions about the podcast or to get more information, email Dr. Eaker at reaker at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, choose to be healthy.